The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so happy to welcome you with us today. We have something really special for you. Today's show is brought to you by Slim Roast Coffee, which is great Italian coffee that helps you shed the pounds. I'm now 27 pounds lighter thanks to Slim Roast. Now go to the self-improvement blog to find out more about it if you have a weight problem. No dieting. Trust me, it works. While you're on the blog, read the bio of today's guest, see his picture, Read the book review and be sure to watch the videos in the right sidebar. You will be so glad that you did. In 2001, my fiancé died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, We won't go into that. Soon after that, a psychic medium friend of ours called me and said she wanted to gift me with a reading. And, of course, I accepted She began the reading and very quickly announced that Stephen wanted to give me a message and he was extremely impatient to come through, which was very much like him. I was so skeptical. But she began what sounded like a direct quote. It sounded just like him. And things were very, very personal and known only to Stephen and me. Even little jokes came through that nobody else knew about. No acquaintance, regardless of how close they were to us, would have known the things she shared with me. It took away all doubt and was the greatest comfort I could have ever received. Stephen was okay on the other side after all that suffering. Since then, I've come to know several really gifted mediums like Donnie Tash of the Psychic Library, who's been on the show a couple of times. Some of you will remember him. When I received a flyer about today's guest, I knew it was imperative that I have him on the show. I didn't intend to do a book review because my schedule's become more than jammed and I didn't think I had time, but when I picked up the book to prepare for the show, I couldn't put it down. I read it straight through to the end. That was how I celebrated the 4th of July. His book is Evidence of Eternity, Communicating with Spirits for Proof of the Afterlife, and I highly, highly recommend it. Mark Anthony, known as the Psychic Lawyer, is the author of the bestseller Never Letting Go and the newly published Evidence of Eternity. 
He's a world-renowned fourth-generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. Mark is an Oxford-educated attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. It's important to know for you to know that he's a real bona fide, genuine attorney. In England, he studied mediumship at the prestigious Arthur Findlay College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. Mark is featured regularly on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and on major talk radio shows such as Coast to Coast AM. As a psychic medium, paranormal expert, and legal analyst in high-profile murder cases. He's a featured speaker at conventions, expos, and spiritual organizations such as the Edgar Cayce ARE and universities including Harvard, Brown, and Yale. I don't know how you can be any more credentialed than that, and it is my absolute delight to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Mark Anthony. Mark, welcome. Thank you so much, Irene. It's, it's really great to be here. I've, I've been looking forward to this show. Well, I can't tell you how delighted we are. Um, you're kind of a rare breed, if I can put it that way. Uh, a combination of psychic medium and attorney is not um, very common around the, here these days. But let's start at the beginning. I always ask the beginning of the show, tell us about yourself. Who is Mark Anthony? Wow, that's, <laughs> that's oh, a big question. <laughs> I thought I warned you of my awful question. No, you question. did. You did. Uh, and I've been thinking, you know, how, how, do, how do I answer a question, who is Mark Anthony? Well, I, I would like to say, Irene, that I'm a man on a mission. And, you know, a lot of people think that being an attorney and being a psychic medium are somehow polar opposites. But they're not, at least uh, the way I look at it because both revolve upon evidence. And my entire life has been focused on evidence, uh, science, fact, and finding the reasons why something exists. And while we are confronted with mysteries our entire lives, uh, I believe that there is an answer for everything. And so as an attorney, evidence is extremely important to me to, to substantiate my case. And as a psychic medium, it's extremely important to me to present evidence uh, projected to me by a spirit to verify who is communicating and uh, the accuracy of the reading. So I, I guess I would say that I'm a man on a mission to, to help people understand that God exists, that heaven exists, and that our soul is an immortal living spirit, that we can communicate with these souls and that we will be reunited with our loved ones when it's our time to leave the material world. And in reading your book, you know, I, your book gave such evidence. You know, I don't know how you could be a skeptic by the end of reading your book because things are laid out so clearly in, in such a matter-of-fact way. This is what he said or she said um, and the, the person who was the, the beloved, I guess I want to say, could verify every one of those things, and there's no earthly way you could have known any of it. You know, you couldn't have. And I'm, I, I'm thinking at the end, I don't know how anybody could stay a skeptic. Did you go into the practice of law knowing that you could use your mediumship abilities there? So being a medium is part of 
who and what I am because I was born that way. I mean, both my parents had had these abilities, and it runs in the family for generations. And and I know that in in the second chapter, the double-edged sword of inherited psychic ability, um, a lot of traits are genetic for people: right-handedness or left-handedness, uh, the way we look, intelligence. Uh, um, athletic abilities, uh, mental abilities, musical abilities, there are so many things which, which are inherited, and it appears that psychic abilities are as well. So uh, from the time I was a child, I was always sensitive to the presence of spirits and extremely intuitive. So I went into law school with that. Uh, and we all, have, we all have different skill sets. I mean, some people um, are good at math, some people are good at science, some people are good at music. And um, I've always been very intuitive. And then, of course, you know, being a psychic medium, I was always aware of, of when spirits were around me. So, yes, I, I did go to, into law knowing I had these abilities. But, you know, I, Irene, I didn't think it was weird or different. It was just part of me. And it, it shouldn't be weird or different, actually. No, you know. I, I, no be, because to some extent, everyone can have a psychic or a mediumistic experience, but it doesn't mean everyone's a psychic. In other words, we, you know, everybody can swim, but that doesn't mean they're all going to be like a Michael Phelps, an Olympic swimmer, and everybody can, you know, play piano, but they're not going to be a Rachmaninoff, and, and so on and so forth. And it's just that some people are better at these things than others. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my skill set in, in a practicing law is understanding people and getting insights into situations. I know some attorneys, their, their skill set is being able to be completely heartless and rip somebody apart on the witness stand. Uh, other attorneys, uh, they, you know, their thing is, is details and research and, and, and being extremely thorough. So, you know, it takes all kinds to, to make up a profession and to make up the world for that matter. Absolutely. And, you know, if people really pay attention and try to tune in, they'll get a lot more information from the other side than they think they do. It's, well, um, well, well, they will. And, and you know, I, I love the, the title or the, of your show, the self, it's self-improvement. And one of the, the discussions I give is about using intuition as the key to your success. And I speak a lot at women's expos where I give a you know, four-step process to you know, recognizing the intuition, accepting the ability, um, uh, following it, uh, um, and, and working on enhancing it. And I have to teach men this as well. You know, women, women are better about accepting their emotions and trusting their emotions, and men tend to be, tend to be socialized not to do that. But then when I talk to soldiers and, and Marines... Uh, police officers, uh, first responders, every one of those men tells me that if they didn't trust their instinct or their gut, they, they would be dead. And that's another word for intuition. So women may call it intuition. Men like to you know, make it more masculine and call it instinct. You know, but, but yeah. we're talking about the, the same type of uh, their thing. Their gut told them. Yeah, their, their gut told them. You know, and it's funny, it's just like, you know, you look at action, like, you know, Chris Pratt, Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood, Denzel Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, they have instinct, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, they had instinct, but not intuition. Not intuition. <laughs> not intuition. <laughs> I, I know everybody wants an answer to this question. Have you in court cases been able to Prove something because you got information from the other side. 
Well, the first, what people need to understand is that being psychic doesn't make you all-knowing and all-seeing. It can give you insights. No, I just was wondering if if somebody from the other side could say, you know, he killed me in the kitchen with the butcher knife. You know, it's like that that, that uh, game Clue, Clue, Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with the poker. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I have had spirits of victims come through, but this really strange thing, Irene, is that spirits don't seem to be as concerned with solving their murders as we are. And I know a lot of people say, ah, oh, well, that's because you guys are all phonies and all that, but... We are looking at things strictly from our material world limited perspective. A spirit is looking at things from an infinite perspective. Also, we're putting our faith in a man-made or human-made system of justice where spirits realize that there's a balance in the universe and whatever you do is going to come back on you. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if somebody murders another person... Uh, even though they may slime their way through the, our, our imperfect criminal justice system, uh, they're never going to escape the law of karma and the balance and justice of God. And so spirits tend not to be as worked up about uh, their deaths as, as we are. And I'm not downplaying for one second the suffering any, any of the survivors um, of, of someone who's been murdered are going through. Uh, because it it is horrific, and the people who do these things, they should be held accountable. But what I'm telling you is that even if our system of justice fails, they don't escape the negative deeds that they commit. And on that note, we're going to take a short break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Mark Anthony, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the Self Improvement Blog. 
at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Mark Anthony, a psychic medium and attorney known as the Psychic Lawyer. Um, We have a little housekeeping to do before we get into this segment, simply because I'm afraid I'll forget, and I think it's really important. Mark, tell us how people can reach you, and you have a trip coming up to Colorado. Tell us about that and how people can find out where you're going to be and when. Well, thank you, Irene. Uh, To make things easy for everybody, the name of my website uh, is the same as the name of my book, evidenceofeternity.com. So www.evidenceofeternity.com. And you can find out about a session with me, getting a session with me. You can find out about my books, um, Evidence of Eternity and Never Letting Go, which are on sale worldwide at all fine bookstores and online at Amazon and Walmart.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And you can also find out about my schedule and and uh, personal appearances on my website. Next week, I'll be on tour of Colorado, and I'm really excited about going back there. I just I love Colorado, uh, especially in the summer. Yes. And <laughs> well, I'm in Florida right now. It's 100 degrees outside and 80 percent humidity. And I was looking at the the Weather Channel yesterday, and it's like, ooh, Colorado looks nice. So I'm looking forward to that. And and on Friday, July 17th, I will be in Boulder at the Caritas Center. And on Saturday, July 18th in Denver, I will be at the Ramada Plaza Conference Center. Both events start at 7 p.m. That's Friday the 17th in Boulder and Saturday the 18th in Denver. And for the details, if you go to my website, you can either click on the calendar or in the news and blogs, uh, it says Mark Anthony on tour of Colorado. If you click on that, it will explain uh, where I'll be speaking, the address, phone number, website uh, to get tickets ahead of time. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to, to returning to Colorado. And it's not hard to do in the middle of the summer when you're in Florida or Arizona. I could trump you on temperature, but we don't need to go <laughs> into that today. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you say that because, you know, in Florida it's, it's, it's hot and humid. And a friend of mine who lived out west, I said, yeah, but it's a dry heat where you live. He goes, a dry heat? So is an oven. (laughs) Yes, and that's well said. It it is a dry heat, and we all laugh when somebody says it because heat is heat. It's hot. When it gets to be 110 or 112, it's hot. I don't care if it's humid or not. Back (laughs) back Back to the book. I want to talk about the book. In the introduction to your book, you make this statement. This book brings life after death into the 21st century by redefining the understanding of the afterlife and the technical aspects of spirit communication. Talk about how the definition of the afterlife has changed and what are technical aspects to spirit communication. Our understanding of spirit communication, what what people have traditionally referred to as mediumship, is, has been coined in the Victorian era because that's when uh, spiritualism as a belief system started to, to appear in, in the mainstream in both the, the United States and in Great Britain. And spiritualism is, is a belief system based on uh, the understanding that we can communicate with spirits. And that's where terms like medium and clairvoyance and clairaudience and, 
and uh, the how how spirits communicate was developed. Well, that's fine, but the problem, Irene, is that our understanding of it has stayed mired in the Victorian era using a lot of antiquated concepts. When spiritualism uh, first appeared, let's say around the 1840s, 1850s, the idea of a radio, of being surrounded by invisible waves of energy and frequency loaded with information, was, it was science fiction or, or fantasy, rather. So taking our understanding of energy transfer, frequency, telecommunications, quantum physics, string theory, and human physiology, which were, which were primitive in the Victorian era, and taking all of that with my own research, survival of consciousness studies, into the Internet age, I'm redefining our understanding of spirit communication. Instead of referring to what I do as mediumship, I refer to it as interdimensional communication. Because as the string theorists in physics have said for, for decades, there is more than one universe. There are multiverses. There's different dimensions, different states of reality. And that is, is what, what, it, what I'm doing is we're living in our dimension, the material world is what I refer to it. And spirits are living on... Uh, in another dimension. And so when we communicate with them, it's interdimensional communication. Let me, let me make it simple. Let's say that we live in AM radio and they live in FM radio. Both dimensions use frequency and vibration and both use amplitude and, and, uh, you know, and, and energy. But they're two separate systems, two separate dimensions, two separate frequencies which coexist side by side. Yet, occasionally, there's overlap. And we've all had this when you're driving down the road and you're listening to your favorite radio station. Maybe it's an FM station. All of a sudden, an AM station overlaps it. Well, that's what happens. It's interdimensional communication. So what a spirit does is he or she uh, adjusts their frequency to a lower vibration. The medium adjusts um, his or her frequency to a higher vibration, and you get a frequency match. And so that's just the tip of the iceberg in evidence of eternity because I also give the physiological reasons why people are able to have um, um, psychic and mediumistic uh, experiences. You make the point about raising your vibrations so you can, can interface with them or, or communicate with them. How do you go about doing that? Because there are a lot of things we need to raise our vibration for. How can you do that quickly when... Um, you need to communicate. Well, and therein lies, lies uh, I don't want to call it the mystery, but let's say the question, because, and I'm going to pose a question to, the, to all the listeners, and, and to you as well, Irene, um, how many people have had a dream where a deceased loved one comes and talks to them, and it's different than a regular dream? because it feels real and has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And when you wake up, you are convinced that it was, was actual contact. Have you had that situation? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Now, in our brain is the pineal gland. If you go to the center of our forehead, and for all the people that practice yoga or understand chakras, this is the third eye chakra. And we've all heard about the proverbial third eye. Well, it's a real thing. Because if you go about four inches behind the center of your forehead, there's a small pea-sized gland inside of your brain known as the pineal gland. 
Now, we know that the brain has electrical flow going through it, and the pineal gland has been studied for decades. It's one of the most mysterious glands in the body because scientists are just now beginning to understand it. We know that it regulates um, our brainwave frequency. It has to do with how we process light. It secretes uh, the hormone melatonin, so it, it, it regulates our circadian rhythms when we're hungry, when we sleep, when we're active. And a recent discovery, recent in the last maybe decade or so, found calcite and magnetite crystals in it. So it has an electromagnetic field. And we know that the first radios were quartz crystals. I was going to say, we have a crystal radio in our, we have a, in yes, our head. We do. We have, we have a radio station in our, in our head. And so when we go to sleep, uh, right now you and I are in the beta state because we're awake and coherent and cognizant. That's the beta state. And when we start to go to sleep, you go from beta into alpha. When you go from deeper to deeper sleep, you go from alpha to theta. The theory is that on the alpha-theta border, brainwave frequency surges. Spirits are capable of either seeing that, perceiving that. And so what they do is they bring their frequency down and get a frequency match, and that's why they come to you in your, in your dreams. They're surfboarding so that, in your head, in your brain waves, huh? Exactly, exactly. Now, for some reason, and we're not yet exactly sure why, people like me are capable of doing this voluntarily and while we're in the conscious state. Because when I'm connecting with spirits, I'm going from beta to alpha, beta to alpha within, within seconds, whereas normally this is a process that takes, you know, even hours to get into that deeper level of sleep. And, and it's funny because um, children who are accused of always being in a daydream state and all that, I was one of those kids. I was always a very bright student. I was always in the top 5% of my class. But uh, people say, it's like you were here but not. Now I know what that is. I was slipping into the alpha state. And so once you learn to, to control that and regulate it, I can turn it on and I can turn it off. And so that is the physiology behind the, the phenomenon known as psychic and mediumistic abilities. How do you know, what do you feel or what do you sense when a spirit's trying to come through and get your attention? <laughs> the reason I'm laughing... <laughs> they don't have, I they can't honk a horn. <laughs> um, I feel it, and I get like a tingly sensation. It's funny, I was recently on tour of Los Angeles, and... And um, a celebrity invited me out to dinner, and I'm not at liberty to say who, but we're at the, the Bel Air Hotel, and, which is just incredible and beautiful. And we're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden I go, whoa, it felt like somebody like, like tickled me. I got this tingly sensation right up my spine. And a relative of this person uh, came through. And it's funny because uh, the relative uh, was a woman. She was very demanding, very pushy. And if, and if I said the name, which I'm not allowed to, um, everyone would know who it is. And uh, and a lot of things came through that that you know aren't on Google, and and nobody would ever know. And um, it, it was funny. So when a spirit wants to get your attention, he or she will. Uh, when I sit down for a one-on-one session and I open up, um, all of a sudden I'll, I'll feel. Um, I'll feel a sensation, and I'll start to, to see things in my mind's eye. So normally, um, first I get a gender, then I, I may get an, an idea of the relationship to the person, and then I may start seeing things, hearing things, and feeling things in, in my mind's eye, my mind's ear. 
and then once I connect with the spirit and establish a, a link with them, the rapport begins to build as the energetic link intensifies, and that's when the information starts flowing in. I would think that sometimes you have more than one who wants to come through. You know, what do you do? Say, take a number, step aside. How do you <laughs> know which one to take first? Well, pretty much in a, in a one-on-one, like when I do uh, mini readings in, in public or on, on some radio shows um, or TV shows, I try to limit it to one spirit per person. My joke is one spirit per person, no crowding. Um, but, but in a one-on-one session, it is very common for more than one spirit to come through. Uh, I've had a, you know, I think the other day I did a reading for somebody where I had 11 human spirits, uh, two dogs and a cat come through. Um, And any being capable of the emotional love is capable of spirit communication. So I've had dogs, cats, horses, birds, I had a bunny uh, come through one time. um, And and, uh, animal communication, interspecies interdimensional communication is is very fascinating um, because animals animals are very direct how they communicate. It's either they like you or they don't. It's like yes, no, right, wrong, black, white. They don't have all the strings and nuances and subtleties uh, uh, attached to their relationships uh, like humans do. I think that's such a lovely thought. And on that thought, we're going to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Mark Anthony, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Mark Anthony. We're talking about spiritual communi- spirit communication. And one of the things you refer to a lot in your book is spiritual situational awareness. What do you mean by that? Exactly what is that? My parents were very good about making me aware of things that were around me in both the seen and unseen worlds. Uh, my mother grew up in, in Newark, New Jersey, and she was a commercial artist and spent a lot of time in New York City when she was a young woman. And she said, you know, you've got to pay attention to what's going around you if you want to be safe. And my dad, um, his unit in the Navy evolved into what is now the, the Navy SEALs. And, and he was the type of guy that, you know, when you walk outside, well, look around. You know, wherever you go, look around. Be aware. Be aware. <laughs> He's always drilling this into me. And then as I got older, they said, Mark, you also have to be aware not only of things and people around you in a 360-degree radius, but you must be aware of the subtle spiritual influences around you. So let's start with situational awareness. And I know a lot of people, especially these days, is I, I see them walking across the street, playing with their, their cell phone, texting with uh, you know, the, the little earphones in, and I see people almost get hit by cars all the time. And we've all seen those videos of, of uh, the young lady who's looking at her phone and she walks right into an uncovered manhole and, and just falls. Right. People like that have no situational awareness. <laughs> they are not paying attention. They are not being aware of what's going on around them. And, and uh, as much as I love technology, um, what's happening is, you know, put the phone down when you're driving. Put the phone down when you're walking, okay? And put the be phone aware. down at meals. <laughs> put, you put, put the, the phone, phone down, down at meals. I mean, during Thanksgiving dinner, um, a young a family member uh, was sitting there texting his girlfriend. It's like, it's Thanksgiving. Put the phone down for a half hour. And, and what's happening is this is also thwarting people's higher awareness of spiritual influences around them. So spiritual, uh, or rather situational awareness, every cop, every, every person in the military I know says that when you go into a situation, you need to, to be aware of what's going on in a 360-degree um, radius around you. And, and in court, I learned that a lot. I mean, I've got to pay attention to my client, to the person on the witness stand, to the judge, to opposing counsel, to how the jury's reacting, and even to the bailiff. Because you know, the bailiffs, you know, they've been through a million trials, and even the clerks, and somehow their, their body language and movements can indicate uh, something going on. So you have to pay attention to several things at one time. Well, in my spiritual work, I started realizing that this expands not just to the, the five physical senses, but also to the sixth sense by being uh, attuned to when a spirit's around. It's like when you see these shows on TV where they go into the night vision goggles and someone goes, a demon! Ah! You know, oh, they yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> everybody screams and runs out, and I'm looking at this, because I've been on a lot of paranormal investigations, and, and the people that jump to the conclusion that everything's demonic or evil or something like that, and, and uh, I've yet to encounter anything like that. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, what's happening is there's a lot of people that misinterpret things, um, but, but when you encounter a spirit or you get a feeling about something or an intuition, you need to learn to pay attention to that. 
and do it calmly and rationally, even though it's an emotional uh, sensation. And then that is how you enhance your spiritual situational awareness, and that's how you will pick up when a spirit's around you or know when someone's trying to to get um, in touch with you. Interesting. Yeah, you know, we hear more about awareness when, when you're on a spiritual path. You want to become inner aware, and you're saying we need to be spirit aware as well. I think awareness on any level helps awareness on the other level. It's like pay attention. <laughs> Just pay attention. Well, yeah, yeah, pay attention. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with texting and instant messaging and, and all this technology. But, you know, when I see people with their their ears, you know, they got the bobs in their ear and they're looking at the screen. How about take that stuff out, stop, close your eyes, and just listen to the world around you and make a list of how many different things you can hear. I mean, can you hear your own heart beating? Can you hear the bee that whizzed by? Can you hear the truck in the background? What about the airplane overhead? What about the wind rustling through the trees? What can you smell? Can you smell... Um, like a smokestack or maybe some flowers or something that doesn't smell so good, you know, and, and start to feel and be aware of what's around you. And these are exercises that people can do to enhance their awareness. Because let's face it, how many successful people in the world are completely unaware and oblivious to the world around them? And I've known deaf people and uh, blind people while they have a uh, one of the you know the main five senses offline, they certainly do the best with their other senses to compensate. I mean, I used to have a friend who who was essentially deaf. I mean, he could hear, but barely, but barely. But boy, he would walk into a situation, he'd look at everybody there, and he would know this one is this, this one is this, this one, and he just would sum it all up. Okay, because he learned to trust his other senses, and his sense of awareness. I had a deaf uncle who was the maintenance person in a cannery and handled all the huge equipment, and he could tell by vibration when something wasn't right. And I'm thinking, wow, you really have to pay attention to do that. One of the things you talk about a lot in the book, and I found it really fascinating, were the different levels or dimensions in, in the other side, or heaven. Um, talk about these levels. You know, how? Talk about the levels. <laughs> Just talk about the levels. <laughs> um, in, in, in my, uh, my research into world religions, because I had considered at one point in my life going into the clergy, but decided against it for, for various reasons. I felt there were too many rules and regulations, so I ended up going into law, where there's you know even more <laughs> rules and regulations. <laughs> but they're not the same. <laughs> no, they're not the same. But I was well, to, you know, to some extent, you know, you're not supposed to kill and and all this. And, and I remember seeing this cartoon uh, when I was in law school of Moses coming down uh, the mountain with the Ten Commandments, and he said, "How about ten mandatory and ten discretionary with a sentencing guideline matrix?" <laughs> Which. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> Which I thought was, was hysterically funny. But um, all the major religions have varying levels or dimensions to the other side. Hinduism and Buddhism have a multitude of levels. Are, um, are the, the levels that you talk about anything like the bardos? Is what do you mean by the any, bardos? The, the bardos in Buddhism. 
Yes, exactly. I take them as levels. Yeah, yes, levels, different frequencies, uh, different places. Um, uh, Islam has seven different uh, levels to to heaven. Uh, the uh, the LDS Church has three different levels uh, to heaven. Uh, I, I was raised Catholic, and, and the joke that I like to make, and I even said this in Evidence of Eternity, is that heaven is for Catholics, purgatory is for Protestants, and hell is for everybody else. <laughs> and but it's not it's not quite that that simple. And just as there are a multitude of frequencies on either AM or FM radio, or let's go even further than that, the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, think of the electromagnetic spectrum as a yardstick, okay? And then think of visible light as a piece of dental floss. Put that piece of dental floss, let's say, in the middle of the yardstick. That's what you can see, okay? In other words, what we're able to perceive is that piece of dental floss. The rest of the yardstick are all the other frequencies Ah, and the electromagnetic, like microwaves, gamma rays, x-rays, radio waves, and so on and so forth, that we simply are incapable of perceiving. And the other side appears to be um, like that with a multitude of dimensions. So there's not just the seven of this or the three of that or the four of that, but over the centuries, people of faith and, and in different cultures have understood this, and so they're trying to describe it in the way that culturally works the best for them. How many have you been able to discern as you've talked to different spirits on the other side? I mean, have you been able to put some kind of spectrum from you know, a lower level to a higher together from what you've learned? I have never been given a quantifiable number. It appears to be more of a continuum than than something with okay, level one you've done, ding, next up level two, oh, level two point a. Um, it appears to be a spectrum, and I've noticed this in several readings when spirits come through, and spirits of people who have murdered, um, um, who, who are murderers seem to be on a lower level. And I use the word lower to to call it either a darker or a denser vibration than people who have who have ascended to a to a higher, lighter frequency. Um, I, I definitely explain this in the chapter on, on levels of the other side in evidence of eternity. Um, but I don't want to give away the spoiler, you know, spoiler alert there, but I will talk about for a moment uh, something that I wrote about in my first book, Never Letting Go. I did a reading for a woman by the name of Vicky Rios Martinez, and her son, Junie Rios Martinez, was kidnapped and murdered by a serial killer. Uh, he was raped. Uh, he was 11 years old and strangled, and then mm-hmm. his body was dumped in a swamp. I mean, it was just a horrifying, horrific crime. And <clears throat> when I and, and it was probably 18 years after the murder that I did the reading for this woman, and her son came through, and her mother, and, and a couple other relatives, and it was really a beautiful experience. And her son's spirit, he, it was light and bright and beautiful, and all of a sudden I felt this heavy, dense vibration. And this, this male energy came through, and I felt filth and disgust. I mean, it was really intense, and it was the killer. 
And the thing about this, Irene, is I didn't know that he'd been put to death, even though it all happened in Florida. Um, the killer had been executed the year before I did the reading, and I had been, it was sometime in the summer, I believe, when he was executed, and, and I had actually been gone for six weeks during the summer, so I didn't see it all in, in the news and, and all that, and I didn't know. And um, it was fascinating, and yet one of the most um, overwhelmingly difficult readings to endure because the serial killer connected with me and was explaining why he did what he did. And he was letting me feel the disgusting urges and impulses. Now, on, on a more in, interesting level, he said, that's no longer what I am. And even the sun spirit said, he's no longer evil. He was trying to make me understand what he did. Yet, he had to exist with the knowledge of what he had done, atone for it, and that at some point he would be ascending to a higher level. And, and he was definitely mentally ill and insane the way he was projecting. He was explaining how his consciousness was flooded with this, this evil and, and, and disgusting sexual urge directed towards boys and um and I'm not saying that, that you know, people that are, that are gay are sick. No, this guy was sick, okay, because he looked at boys as victims. I mean, he was a predator and just an evil, evil person. And, and he, he himself said, I feel like I'm an empty garbage can. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, it was real, really intense. But during the reading, something came up where he said, I'm sorry for what I did to you, to the mother and three other boys. So when the reading was over... And it was very exhausting. And Vicki said to me, she said, that thing you said about three other boys, at the scene of my son's murder, there were hair and tissue samples that didn't match the killer or my son. And the police have always believed that he is responsible for the disappearance of, of other, other boys. And she said, that's not common knowledge. In fact, that was never even released in the press. That's something the detective told me. So she said you verified something I'd always wondered about. And um, anyways, but I, I went into to great detail about this in, in Never Letting Go, and it also showed me how her son was on this high, bright level and that he felt aligned with the light, and this other person was on a lower, denser vibration. Now, was he in hell? There, in, in, and I've learned that there is no hell, but there are levels to the other side, and there's also reincarnation. So, so, you know, you go through a succession of lifetimes, and uh, so this, this guy has to atone for what he did, and he's going to be coming back, as will we all. The question is, what role will he be playing next time? Maybe he'll be the parent of a child, or maybe he'll be that child. I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I yeah. don't proclaim to know I'm not God. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I wish we knew the answers to some of these things, but... But we just don't. And some people teach that, you know, we have to experience every facet of humanity in our upward spiral, I guess I want to say, spiritually, uh, which means all of us will have a dark period in our time here. I, I, I have a hard time with that, but that's what some people teach. One of the th I have a frivolous question. It's a very frivolous question. So if somebody has three or four spouses, 
<laughs> what happens when they all meet on the other <laughs> side? <laughs> you know, um, I did a reading for um, a gentleman in his 80s, uh, right near Christmas. I think he was like 83. And it was, it was funny because all these women came through. He had had three wives, and all three of them came through. And, um, and he was going, well, they didn't know each other when they were alive. Well, they certainly know each other now. And, and it seemed like they all got along. And then the funny thing was one of them came through, and I saw her holding a Bible, and she said, tell them it's not all chapter, line, and verse. And so oh, I was like, uh-oh, so I conveyed that. And he started to laugh. He says, um, I'm an Episcopalian minister. <laughs> and he said, I'm glad she told me that. He goes, because, you know, he said, I, I know we're supposed to learn chapter, line, and verse. He goes, but I've always said, you know, this is metaphor, and, and a lot of this is parables. And uh, he goes, that's very interesting. Um, so when you go to the other side, I mean, you're going to be confronted by, and by confronted, I don't mean in a, in a negative way. You're going to, to be reunited, shall we say, with everybody that you knew here. And um, I don't think that they're, they're caught up in, in our you know, jealousies and relationships and all that because they're infinite beings with this elevated level of consciousness, so they're able to look at things a lot differently than we are. In other words, the, the, the physical and mental illness along with petty jealousies and things like that, that's what dies with our, our brain, which is an organ, and that's what dies with our body. Our immortal living spirit goes on it retains those memories but we're not caught up being you know jealous or mentally ill or whatever on the other side oh i look forward to that uh truly i i don't know whether you're familiar with abraham hicks yes. they've made the statement that you know we've got it all backwards we sentence uh, murderers to death and actually we're giving them the greatest reward because they're going to the other side uh, you know, we should make them stay here <laughs> and, and suffer. They don't say it that way, but um, do, do you see, do you hold that same opinion that, you know, we really, in a way, honor them by letting them go to the other side where even probably in the lowest dimension, there's probably some degree of joy knowing well, that the light of God is there. The death penalty uh, always brings up a, a lot of emotion in people, and I have mixed feelings on it because as a lawyer, I believe in the rule of law. Um, as a spiritual man, I believe that all life is, is sacred, and as a human being, and, and I guess as an Italian, I certainly understand the desire for revenge, <laughs> um, but... Um, when someone is sentenced to death, let's say like the, the Boston Marathon bombing, what's his name, Zaniach, uh, the yeah. creepy little kid with his creepy older brother that somehow thought they were doing the will of God by murdering innocent people, which the Quran, by the way, does not justify or encourage. Um, even though he was sentenced to death, it'll be 20, 25 years, maybe 30 years before it happens. And so I don't know if we're actually uh, giving him a blessing. Um, and Lord only knows what's going to happen to him while he's in prison. Um, but then again, we all make choices, and we all have ramifications. And, and I disagree with Abraham Hicks. They say, oh, we're doing a good thing. We're sending them to the other side. Yes, we're sending them to the other side, but to what level are they going in? And there's also the, um, the inescapable concept and, and inevitability of reincarnation. 
So next time, Zaniach may come back, and maybe he'll be the victim of some type of attack where he gets his legs blown off. I mean, there, there's there's all types of all types of things that uh, that can happen. So um, I don't think we can we can say there's one size fits all or oh, this is exactly what's going to happen. We have insights into this. Yeah, we don't know. Do you have any particular, just really remarkable happening that you that that you consider? So memorable that you'd like to share with the with the listeners in terms of mediumship or who you know uh, uh, something that can be shared. Um, any remarkable stories? Oh gosh, I mean, if, your book is just so full. Of them. <laughs> My book's filled with them. Um, well, I'll tell a story that uh, that that happened uh, not too long ago. I was doing a reading for this woman. And her husband's spirit came through. And I, and I said, I'm seeing an octopus. And now that's a weird thing to see. And she goes, you're kidding me, right? I said, well, I know that sounds weird. She goes, no. I go, what, what, what? She, he's showing me an octopus. She goes, oh, my God. I go, what? And she said, well, we used to live in Belize. And we lived on a canal, and we would catch lobsters, and we would put them in this little pool which overlooked the canal. And one morning, my husband and I came out for coffee, and there was an octopus that had slithered up out of the canal and was grabbing one of our lobsters. And she said, do you think he's talking about that? And I said, well, unless you have another octopus story, I'm kind of thinking, yeah. And, and she was laughing, and she said, God, she goes... Wow, she she said. Now I know it's him. <laughs> so and, and it's funny because I love when the the cynics are like, oh, you're cold reading. Really, an octopus? I mean, what yeah. cold reader would pick such an unlikely? Yeah, everyone's got an octopus story. Um, it's just it's just funny. Um, I mean, something happened earlier today, which I can't really say on the air because it was something of a very um, very uh, sexual nature which had my client laughing so hard. She goes, my God, she goes, Mark, there is nobody that would know that except for my, my deceased boyfriend. And, um, it, and it even involved a, a linguistic nuance because people ask me, well, don't, I mean, what if the spirit didn't speak English when he or she was alive? Well, it's not a problem because spirits don't speak a human language. What they do, being pure consciousness, they're emitting waves of frequency to me which are loaded with pieces of information. And then when that vibration hits my, my brain, it gets converted into recognizable concepts based on my memories, feelings, and cultural references. So, for example, I was doing a reading for these folks from Argentina, and uh, it was on uh, audio Skype, and this man came through, and I said, this is going to sound strange. And, and luckily, like the daughter, she spoke English fluently and she was you know translating for everyone so i'd be telling her something she's like get it da, da, da. and um i said this is gonna sound weird but i'm seeing a bas relief of alexander the great on his horse and there's a famous painting of alexander the great and he's got a spear and he's on his horse um Bocephus. and uh because i have a background in classical studies and I said, I know that sounds weird. And there's this pause as she's explaining, and I hear, ah, you know, like that. I go, what? And they said, that is my father. His name was Alejandro, and he raised horses. Oh. So, so the cultural reference that was getting, you know, accessed in my brain was of Alexander the Great on his horse, this famous bas-relief. 
that, uh, or, or it's a mosaic, actually. It's a mosaic. And, and so things like that will happen. Uh, I did a reading for this one woman from Japan, and she cried through the whole reading because I was describing these things that I didn't know what they were and these foods and sensations. And she said, that was so beautiful. the good because I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we're but, right up at the end. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, no, this has been wonderful. I, I would just lo- like to encourage the listeners to get the book Please get the book, um, Evidence of Eternity by Mark Anthony. You will be so glad. It's such a great read. And so I guess it's time that we need to say goodbye. Um, I really have loved having you on the show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Mark Anthony, saying come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.